Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Amen, church. I'm excited to be in the house of God this, this evening, amen? How many enjoyed our conference? Amen. Well, listen, you could be seated. We're going to be doing something just a little bit different this evening. We're going to be having several speakers come up. All right. I'm the first one, so I get to start start this engine for you this evening. So, um, But I want you to just keep your mind... Actually, in this room, who, who, went to, who went to our Finish the Fight conference? Lift your hands. Look at this. Look, look around. Look around. Look how many people went. This is, let's give God some praise for that. Amen. But listen, this conference was so impactful, even for my own life. And I want to make it clear that, that when we called it Finish the Fight, that wasn't to be taken lightly. How many know that life likes to throw curveballs at you? It likes to jack you up. The enemy likes to come in there and just kind of wreck all your plans. And you may be going through something tonight. You, you, you may be going through certain things in your life that you're battling. Maybe you went to the conference and you, you're in a battle. And, and, and you're wondering, well, God, where are you, where are you at? And, and one thing I want you to understand is, is we can't be fighting battles without preparing for a battle. And so even Pastor Mike began to talk about how we need to be sanctified and how we need to remain holy. That was night one on Tuesday. He began to really show us that we need to dive into the Holy Spirit. We need to be aggressive in our holiness for God. And it's because we get into these fights a lot of times. We, we fight with the enemy. We fight with the devil. And you know what end up, ends up taking place? We end up putting our head down. We end up just getting beat up. People could see that there's something wrong. And it's because we haven't lived a life of preparation. There was a great philosopher named Plato. He said, only the dead have seen the end of war. And when you think about that, is, is, is life is a battle. Right? And the apostle Paul in 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 10, he begins to talk about a great house. And he says, in this house, there's articles and vessels of gold and silver. But others are of, you know, wood and clay. Some are used for honorable use. Others are used for dishonorable use. He says, if you cleanse yourself of the dishonorable, then the Lord, with his perfect will, can use you for an honorable use. In other words, you don't have to be shiny. You don't have to be made of gold. You don't have to be made of silver or all these precious metals. You don't have to be the coolest looking guy in church, the loudest one, the most holy one. You just need to make sure you cleanse yourself of the dishonorable in your life. That's what Paul was saying. And when he's writing to Timothy, Timothy's this young man of God that has been entrusted with putting churches, starting churches, and navigating churches through a very difficult time. It's a very familiar time, a very relatable time. You know, like when you turn on the news and they're trying to tell you things that are false, but they're trying to tell you it's truth. It's the same thing that was happening in that same time in 67 AD. That culture was being lied to. And it's just like today, we're being lied to. Constantly, things are thrown in our, even in our children's schools and, and even in the media, you're, we're being lied to. 
And so people started back then, Paul's writing this letter to Timothy and he says, this is my son, Timothy, my son. He's the only, this is the only person Paul calls his son. It wasn't his real son, but he loved him so much he called him son. And he's telling him, to, he's telling him just to hold on because the world's lying to these people. And you know what was happening is Paul's ministry began to dwindle because the truth, people started to believe the lies of the enemy instead of holding on to the truth. And so it's just like, so people started to fall off and, 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 and Paul began to name two people that have fallen off the ministry. And he says, you know what? Don't trust them anymore. They're not with me. They've went away from the truth and went to go be with the lies. And I remember he begins to talk about in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he begins to bring up Moses, how Moses had to deal with the same thing. Are you seeing something here? That history begins to repeat itself. Moses begins to deal with the same thing with the Egyptians. There's a point in scripture in Exodus, I believe it's, I believe it's chapter 2, where, where God tells Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh asks, when he asks to say, let me see your God work miracles, I want you to throw the staff down. And so the opportunity came. Moses and Aaron or Aaron goes to, to Pharaoh and he says, I want to see your God work miracles. And he throws the staff down and it turns into a serpent. Now, there was also these Egyptian magicians that were there. And Paul names these two people. He names them James and Jambres. They were there and they, they too threw down their staff. And it also turned into a serpent. So now there's a problem here. Like, well, which God is true? Who is true? And you know what that serpent does? The one that Aaron threw down? The Bible says in Exodus that that serpent eats up and swallows the other serpent. Let me tell you something. Our God's character, he's an aggressive God. He's an aggressive God. In other words, if you want truth in your life, you need to be aggressive for it. If you want your spiritual life to be cleansed, you need to be, in the, you need to be aggressive in chasing those things that increase your spiritual life. So many times the world is trying to tell you to do something different. Don't go to church. Don't worship God. Vote for this person. Vote for that person. And they're putting a label on you. When God is telling you, I just want you to obey the truth. Let me use you for honorable use. So you may be sitting here wondering, what does that really mean to be used with honorable use? If you don't want God to use you, then you haven't gone deep enough. Because when our cup is full, it starts to run over. When that runs over, it starts to spill into your life. I want to be around people that have a full cup. So when it spills over, it spills over into my life. That's the holiness I want. And so I want to encourage you tonight, because I'm running out of time already. But I want to encourage you tonight. If you get anything else, live a life of aggressive preparation for the Lord. Don't let anything, some poor excuse, take you away from God. Take notes. Study God's word. Fall deeper in love with him. Amen? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Jesus. 
Lord, I thank you that you're a God that cares, that you're a God that is continually working out our holiness. And Father, I pray as a congregation that we can come to know you even more, that it would bring transformation, that it would bring more scripture into our lives, that we could digest more of your character, more of your holiness. And Father, I thank you for everything you've done for us, but I pray, Lord, that you sanctify your people that call upon your name. We thank you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Let's give God some praise. I'm going to call up Kim, if she would come up. Kim's going to share a little bit as well of how God touched her at conference. All right. Hi, guys. I'm Kim. Um, so I've been coming to this church for um, about a year and a half now, and this was my second conference. Um, I'm super grateful for all that God is doing in um, the network and in our church especially. Um, it's been awesome to hear um, all the testimonies from the different pastors that have been sent out and the work that um, the Lord is doing in their church. They're, re they're reaching the lost, they're restoring the broken, and they're releasing them into um, their ministry. Um, what happens here? Um, Every single week is just a small glimpse of what God is doing, um, not only in this network, but in this world. Um, I was so blessed and encouraged by the word that Pastor Omar gave on the final night about finishing the fight. He talked about how Christianity, it's not a, it's not, it is a marathon and it's not a sprint. Um, enthusiasm is very common, but endurance is rare. As Christians, we need to be persistent and determined to follow Christ. If God puts us in the ministry, he is faithful to help us finish it, and it is our job to partner with him by being committed not to quit. Um, our battle is not against flesh and blood, and we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. God is looking for people to stand in this generation in the face of the devil and be faithful to God, standing for righteousness and his truth. Um, this year, I had the honor of serving in the children's ministry. Um, it was awesome to see all the different churches come together and just serve in unity for the Lord, to, just to fulfill God's purpose. Um, the children were equipped about the armor of God while their parents were blessed every night hearing powerful message, messages. Um, it was also an honor to serve on the worship team um, just to see everyone hungry, ready to serve the Lord. And just the presence of God was so tangible every night. Um, God's... God did such a move in just touching people, refreshing his people, saving people, and equipping us. Um, I know God did a work this year, and I know he'll do it again. I'm a product of what God did at conference, and I'm just super excited um, to see all the Lord is going to do. Man, I love hearing what the Lord is doing in our network and in our conference. Man, wasn't it amazing? So good. Well, I'm going to talk really briefly here about, um, in, in the theme of Finish the Fight, about preparation. Preparation. Preparation is so important. Um, how many of you know that each and every one of us carry a unique gifting, a unique calling to what God wants to do through us? It's not like somebody, it's not the same as somebody next to you. It's unique to you. Um, it's unique to your story, unique to your testimony. Um, it is unique to what I mean, really think about it. The Lord knows what's up ahead. He knows, um, you know, what job you're going to have, who you're going to meet, um, places that you're going to go. So why wouldn't he prepare you with the gift and the abilities to, to meet those things in, 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 in the realm of your calling, in the realm of the kingdom of God? So the Lord knows already what's up ahead for us. Uh, we know this 
popular scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and to hope. And so that does coincide with us in, in, in your call, what the Lord wants for you to do in the kingdom of God. And so I, I love how it's, it's the Lord knits us together within his plan. Not our plan, not our dreams, not what we want. God uh, uh, enables us with the giftings of the Holy Spirit, with spiritual gifts, with our natural abilities to fulfill the call that he has for us within his plan. Okay, and the thing about it, though, it's not like we wake up one morning and all of a sudden we have, we know everything we need to do and we've got it all together. We, we, you know, we've got in the bag, we know the ins and outs of, 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 our, of our calling, what the Lord wants for us. There's preparation involved, right? There's, there's getting things together. There's learning. There's working through things. Um, there is a time of preparation. Um, and preparation, it looks a lot like discipleship. It's, you know, talking with leaders, talking with uh, your brothers and sisters around you as you're developed. There's, there's some character that needs to be worked on, right? There's some maturing that needs to happen. Um, I, I think like the Holy Spirit's like a gardener where he's pruning us. He's, he's like, I don't need that. I'm going to cut that off. You don't need that relationship. You don't need to go to that place. I'm, I'm pruning you. Uh, I'm, he's the great potter shaping us into who he wants us to be for what he wants us to be in the kingdom of God. Uh, I'm reminded of what Paul says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as, as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. So he's like, hey, you haven't matured yet. You haven't got these things. I, I want to tell you some, some, some deeper things of the Lord, but I can't yet. You're, you're still drinking some of the milk. Um, so discipleship, it works on our character. It develops us spiritually. And so if we're not able to cooperate with uh, the simple matters of discipleship, how, are we, how do we expect the Lord to trust us with some responsibility or to use us for the greater things in ministry or what the Lord wants to use in our life? The, the, the second point I want to make is that the best place for preparation is done in the hidden places. The hidden places. I think, uh, you know, so many want to be seen. They want to be on platforms. They want the spotlight. They want to post it on Instagram. You know, Evangelist John mentions, you know, you want, to, you want to show that you gave somebody, you know, some money. You bought them a meal. But it's in the hidden places that we're really developed, where our hearts are truly purified to be. Um, I'm, I mean, I think about where I am today, and I just think I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the secret place, the hidden places where the Lord developed me, where it was a place of, I just want to please you, Lord. I don't care what it looks like. I just need your glory. I want your hand on my life. And it, it doesn't matter what, it, what that is. I just want to please you. And so that's the posture that we all need to have is, okay, Lord, wh whatever it is, I'm here for you. It's in, it's in the secret place. It's in the hidden place where it's not about competition. It's not about position or, you know, walking up the spiritual ladder, uh, so to speak. Um, and we, we see that with King David. Or, you know, we, we hear about, you know, David battling Goliath. He's, he's a mighty warrior. He was a king. But all of that, he, he wrote the Psalms. And so all that was developed when he was just a shepherd boy, shepherd boy, where nobody was watching him. Nobody could see him. 
That's where he learned the song of the Lord. That's where he, he learned to fight with, with bears and lions, where he defended the sheep as a shepherd. Um, and so too often, many people are looking for titles and positions when they should be clinging to obedience. And one last word is preparation is God working on the inside of us so that it can be expressed on the outside. We all need preparation. All right, that's all I have for you. And so let's welcome, let's welcome Ashley. She's going to share what the Lord has done in her life. Hi, everyone. Okay, so my name's Ashley. Um, I'm going to share just a little bit about, you know, what God spoke to me um, at conference. This is, this is my third one, okay? So this conference was special to me because... Um, I didn't really go in with this mindset thinking that like God was specifically going to speak to me in general because I was serving, you know, but in my serving, like there was an opportunity for me to like either get a word or just, you know, hear a moment um, that, that God was speaking. And I just want to say that I came in this conference like a leader and just a person who, you know, who's sometimes scared to, you know, step out that's always kind of stepping back and just thinking like, okay, maybe somebody else will do it. Um, so I wasn't really like fully walking in what, what God has, is calling me to be, even though some people may think that, but I'm like, not really. Um, but specifically, so day three, um, I think it was a morning prayer. Okay, prayer was probably the best part. Every night was the best part, but it really did start in prayer. And um, honestly, so I was just, looking around and just praying and then just like in awe and wonder like, man, God is so good. And then I just had like this quick thought that like, oh man, like, man, that'll never be me. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm a little baby Christian. I'm just like, you know? And then um, Pastor David, he was like sharing like a little devotional and he was saying how, you know, we're on this theme, like finish the fight. And he said that sometimes like we can be like this timid Christian because we're not really prepared. And I was like, okay, God, like, I guess that's me. Like, I'm not really that prepared. But um, so for a long time, like, I kind of struggled with these little thoughts here and there. And honestly, like, I really had this crazy encounter with God. And it was one pastor who came up to me, and she, um, she prayed for me. You guys know her. Her name's Pastor Malia from South Bay. And she... She honestly, she like looked me dead in my eyes and I was like so scared, but she said, she's like, you, you are a Christian and you have everything you need. Like you are, you have all the giftings, like the callings, whatever it is, you have the word of God, you have the spirit of God inside of you. And like God has called you to finish this fight and to finish it well. And honestly, like I walked in a timid Christian or timid leader, but now I'm walking out, a leader who's prepared and ready to finish this fight and just fully equip what God has called me to do. Um, but that's it. Thank you so much. Well, happy belated birthday to Ashley. God bless you. All right. Uh, so there was this underlying emphasis, uh, emphasis at conference that continued to catch my eye. It continued to catch my ear, and I believe it was unintentional. It was just something uh, that happened. But, I mean, every speaker, every night, especially during the breakouts, there was highlighted of the power of accountability and gospel community. And as I read through 
our theme scripture for the conferences, and I studied, you know, First Timothy, Second Timothy. We, we get our theme conference, and Paul is urging his young disciple to finish the fight, saying, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made, uh, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And what I love about Paul and Timothy's relationship, it's so dynamic because this is not the first time that Paul had told Timothy to finish the fight. He actually told Timothy something similar in the, in the, in the very uh, first chapter before. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. What I love about this is this, this is a perfect example of spiritual covering. And, and don't, don't let that fly over your head. Relationships are great. Friendships are great. I, I love and I honor Pastor Peter, Pastor Jacob, Pastor Omar Jr. These are my friends. But there's something powerful about spiritual covering that comes from my pastors and Pastor Omar, Pastor Rob, Pastor Isaac. I would not be where I am without the spiritual covering. So we see that Paul gave Timothy spiritual covering. And, and there is so much power in leaders who love you, who remind you of the call that God had on your life, that keep you accountable to what was said about you, what was said to you and encouraging you to fight and finish the battle well. By the, time had wrote, by the time Paul had wrote his second letter to Timothy, the young pastor had been ministering in Ephesus for already four years. And it had been almost that long since he received his first letter from Paul. Timothy had been a faithful servant to Paul for almost a decade and, and throughout the duration of his second and his third missionary journeys in places like Trials, Philippi, Corinth, Timothy wasn't unfamiliar with the work that was going on in Ephesus. In, um, in, in Ephesus. And so this was what's crazy to me is the most striking feature of Paul's encouragement comes when the aging apostle Paul is at the end of his 30-year journey, ministry journey. He's sitting inside of a cell waiting for death, and he knows it's coming. And so now he turns on what he's telling Timothy that, hey, I do you remember I'm speaking over you, the, the, the prophecies that were spoken over you? Finish the battle well. And then he's telling him to finish the fight. And then he turns this on himself. And he says, he, said, he goes on to tell Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I finished the course and I have kept the faith. I find so much encouragement in this that, and can you imagine how much encouragement Timothy must have had that a young pastor in a church of Ephesus knows that his mentor, he boldly modeled his perseverance in the faith even to the point of death. Well, Paul wanted Timothy uh, to continue in those things that he had learned. Drawing from the rich heritage of faith that had been passed down to the young pastor, not just from Paul, but also from his mother and his grandmother. And what that looks like is coming out of conference. I mean, whether this is my 20th conference or whether this is your first conference, there is such a rich heritage that is passed down because of others' faithfulness generation after generation after generation. And what I love every single Friday is that my pastor takes the stage after a long, powerful week and he shares a new sermon with the same message that it's about souls it's about reaching the lost it's about getting people connected and so and so um i, I want to encourage you guys that we look at paul's encouragement to timothy and, and we we see the spiritual covering week in and week out and the constant reminders that are giving to us across this pulpit to to give you practical tools practical advice uh, on how to live and finish the fight with power 
We see Paul, he's not, he's not, he's literally in his jail cell in, in, in Rome and he's waiting to die. He's waiting to be killed. He says, I must, I'm going to drink the sick. I'm going to drink from this cup. I know what's coming to me. And, and what, what throws me off and what I find so much strength from is that he talks about his eternal reward after. This is an example of a man finishing with power. As I'm not worried about the death that's coming ahead of me. They may chop my head off. They may put me in a boiling sister of oil. But what I have ahead of me is a crown that is going to be laid up for me when I receive what, what is coming to me when I go to heaven. That's how you finish with power. That's how you finish the fight with power. It's not that I'm walking around kicking, kicking rocks with my head down, but it's knowing, man, I'm at the end of my fight and I know that I finished well. I know that I have modeled to others what I would like for them to continue. And what I want to live is a re uh, what I want to leave is a rich, rich heritage generation after generation after generation. So what I want to, what I want to encourage you guys is, is if that if you're afraid of accountability, it says a lot about your walk with God. That if accountability is something you feel that you don't need, you're deceiving yourself. I'm going to end with this. As the writer of Hebrews summed up, uh, he says this. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another toward loving good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another all the more as you say the day approaching. The body of Christ is interconnected. Accountability is, is helpful in, in a battle to overcome sin because the devil doesn't fight fair. We fight a, we fight a battle not against flesh and blood, but, but against evil rulers that will tag team on you. So it's great to have, to be interconnected, to be a part of a gospel community, to have spiritual covering so that we may finish the fight, but we may also finish the fight with power. That we, may, that we may be looking to our eternal reward and not next week's beating, not tomorrow's beating that will give me strength knowing that I'm, I'm living a life of purpose and that one day when I look back, I may have children, I may have sons and daughters that will see the rich heritage that I have, that I have gained and that I leave it with them and they may also follow an example as we follow our pastor who has apostled just so many people so many so many churches in the reach network this is something that is given not just for you but for us to pass down and to leave a legacy that others may finish the fight and they may finish the fight well amen uh, so at this time uh, we would like to invite brother Carlos he's gonna come and share amen Hi, my name is Carlos, and uh, this is my third conference. Accountability creates change and changes, my friend. <laughs> this conference was very impactful on me. All the speakers were great. Mike Hernandez, vulnerability and honesty touched me so much that all day Wednesday, I, it's just the Holy Spirit kept working on, my, working on me. And, you know, later on that night, the Holy Spirit had me write down my thoughts, and then I shared that with Peter. But that's... That, that was how impactful it was. And then Thursday and, and, and Friday night, those were, no, Thursday night and Friday morning, Pastor Jonathan was so powerful, man, so impactful. I mean, it was so powerful. His, his, his sermons on, on, um, on that just touched me was the gift that he wants from his children on Father's Day but they can't buy is for him to be influential in their children's life. Like, man, that, 
touched me. You know what I mean? That touched me so much. Like, it is the next day I'm over prophesying over my daughter, Sophia. You know what I mean? And then she received the word from him, you know, when we bought his book. And if you haven't bought the book, go online and buy it because that's my next read. You know what I mean? I'm going to start that book pretty soon. And he had a word for her. And then it just reminded me that I have to cultivate that word. You know what I mean? I have to be influential in her life and impactful, but the key word, I can't be imposing. I mean, because if I'm imposing, I'm going to kind of stifle that word that he gave her. So impactful and influential have to be in her life. And, and then Mike Mansa gave me a word and also gave my other daughter a word, Haley, my oldest. So I'm a father of five girls. So, and I had an experience of what five girls feels like this weekend. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. So my oldest daughter was there. She got a word, and then Mike Messer gave me a word, and uh, he said that God's going to give me my desires of my heart. And one of my desires of my heart is to be a teacher. You know what I mean? Um, excuse me. Not even, it's to be a teacher. So Mike Messer gave me that word. So now I have to kind of live it out. And um, the only way I can do that is by being influential impactful, but not imposing. So the three F's that Pastor Omar talked about, right, was fight, finish, and faithful, and faithfully. And we have to do all these faithfully. So how do we accomplish all that? We got to be influential, impactful. You know what I mean? You, excuse me. I'm, this is my first time speaking. <laughs> so... So... So you, I, I also want to I also want to hear, you know, finish the fight, right? We all want to hear that good and faithful servant. I'm not in a hurry to hear it, <laughs> but I want to hear it, right? If anything, this conference has given me more hope. To keep on fighting and sharing the gospel with people. So that this conference is my third conference. And it's, every conference has been powerful. But this one really touched me. Like, especially as I was serving. The most impactful thing I think it was when I was having a conversation with a brother that I was serving with. And he pulled me to the side. He gave me some accountability. <laughs> Thank you for that. He knows who he is. He knows who he is. So, yes, finish the fight. We, we want to finish that fight. But do you know that that fight's always going to be here until we reach heaven? I mean, we live in our flesh. The fight's always going to be in our flesh. I know one thing. The day I don't read my Bible, that's when the fight gets hard. So, I'm being honest. There's days I don't. There, there's days I don't go like two or three days without reading my Bible, and then I notice like I haven't read my Bible. That's why the fight is pretty hard today. <laughs> so, read your Bible, and I want to thank God, my wife, and the pastoral team here.
and thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you. Come on, isn't that, isn't that amazing what God is doing uh, in these people's lives, man? I'm so encouraged by them. Um, but I, I'm going to share for about 45 minutes. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I got five minutes just like all of them. I'm going to try my best to, to, to stay with the time, but I'm last, so I get some leeway for that. Um, but I, I'm really encouraged, and, and I want to share just quickly with you guys, and I want to challenge you a little bit. Is that okay? Um, honestly, if, if you're really going to take up this call, if you're going to take up this call to, to finish this fight, if you're going to allow the Lord to use your life, you have to learn to be persistent. You see, the word persistence is a firm continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. And the only way you're going to finish this fight, the only way you're going to see God use you, to see God raise you up in the kingdom of God is if you get some persistence in your life. See, unless you make this decision right now, Unless you decide that you're going to serve Jesus, that no matter what comes your way, no matter what trials or obstacles you may face, that I'm going to keep this commitment. Unless you make up your mind, you won't last in the kingdom of God. The reason why some of you give up, the reason why some of you get tired, oh, I, I can't keep going. I, I can't keep coming to church because this person said this to me. I, I can't keep praying because God didn't answer my prayer is because you simply haven't made up your mind. And you simply haven't decided to go all in with Christ. I tell my youth this all the, all the time. We're, we're not, we're not going to be Christians who are halfway in and halfway out. That we're, we're going to be Christians. We're going to be men and women of God who... No matter what happens in our life, no matter what trial comes our way, no matter the inconsistencies of life, no matter how inconsistent our life, our day-to-day -day may be, we know that we're going to be committed to Christ. That regardless of what happens to us, regardless of what happens to our family, that we're going to stay persistent in our walk with God. See, when I was told about being persistent, when I was told to talk about persistence, I immediately thought about a scripture in, in Genesis. And it's a popular story in the Bible in Genesis chapter 32. And it's a, about a man named Jacob. And it says in the Bible that he was in the wilderness alone. They put it up, so I'll read it for you guys, okay? So in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 through 20, it says, This is Jacob, or this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. The story, Jacob is wrestling with God from night until dawn. See, I don't know if you've ever wrestled with someone, but for me, if I've ever wrestled with someone, I'm like out in five minutes. I'm exhausted. I'm ready to give up. Jacob wrestled from night until dawn. And even God wrenches his uh, hip out of its socket. So you can really tell that Jacob is exhausted. 
He's tired of wrestling with God all night long. And in that moment, Jacob has a decision to make when God says, let me go. He's tired. He could have given up. He could have said, you know what? I've been wrestling all night. He's, he, he's not going to give me anything, so I'm going to stop. You know, I've been praying all night. I've been praying for that person. and They still haven't got saved, so I can give up. And it says that Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. You see, in a moment of weakness, feeling exhausted, he's probably in pain, Jacob chose to be persistent. And it was because of his, his persistence that God blessed him. Let me tell you, the crazy thing about persistence, and I heard this from Diga one time, and it says, persistence doesn't even begin until you feel like giving up. If you've ever heard what our pastor says, he says, a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. You see, it's, it's easy to serve God when things are going good. It's easy to come to this altar. It's easy to worship. It's, it's easy to come to church, Saturday morning prayer. It's even easy to be accountable to your leader when things are going good. But the moment we have to persist a little bit, we give up. You see, it's easy to serve God when it requires no, no persistence. And there's so many Christians that are living this way. And the moment we need to persist, we give up. It's in the moment of difficulty and exhaustion that that is when persistence begins. You see, you have to keep on going. You have to put your faith in Jesus. You see, when you persist, when you put your faith in Jesus, you no longer look at the world. You no longer look at the things of life through your own eyes. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus, you now are able to look through his eyes. So when you look at the trials of life, when you look at all these obstacles, it doesn't look like it's hard. It doesn't look like there's no way out. It doesn't look like you have to give up because you're looking through the eyes of the Lord. And when you're looking through the eyes of the Lord, you understand that he's the king of kings. You understand that he's the Lord of lords, that he's perfect in every way. You understand that nothing can compare to Jesus. And I'm here to encourage you, and I'm ending with this, is, is God is looking for men and women who are going to finish this fight. He's not looking for men and women who are going to give up too soon. He's not looking for Christians who are going to give up the moment things become difficult. He's not looking for Christians who give up the moment things don't go their way. We don't need more Christians who allow their feelings to drive them. We need Christians who are going to persist through it all. Who are going to commit their lives to Jesus. Who are going to see it through. Who are going to truly say that I've fought the good fight of faith and I've finished this race. See, let me encourage you, when you persist in Christ, it's always worth it. Jacob persisted with the Lord, and because he did, God blessed him. Don't forfeit the blessing of God because you failed to persist. Persistence in Christ is always worth it. There's purpose when you persist. There's power when you persist. And it's only when you choose to persist in Jesus. It's only when you pursue him 
that he gives you the ability to finish this race. Some of you guys have been trying to persist without Jesus. You've been trying to finish this race without allowing him to use you. And I'm here to encourage you that you can't do anything without Jesus. It was because he died for you and he gave you that second chance that we're even able to enter this race. You see, tonight, my question is, do you want to finish this race? My question is, do you want to find that true purpose that he has for you? Do you want to find that true power that he has for you? But you have to choose to persist. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you see, tonight, it's very simple. You either choose to finish this fight and allow Jesus to use you, or you don't get in at all. Don't allow yourself to try to serve God without Jesus. Because in the end, you'll always give up. In the end, you'll never be able to finish this race. It was because Jesus died for our sins. It was because he gave us a way out. He gave us a second chance that we're even able to talk about this tonight. See, maybe you're in this room and you haven't even gotten this race. Maybe you're in this room and you're not even participating in this fight in the kingdom of God. Tonight is the night to change that. You see, everyone in this room has a decision to make. You can either allow the Lord to change you. You can allow the Lord to forgive you of your sins, to make you a new person, or you can choose to walk in your own life. You see, I'm here to encourage you when you choose Jesus, he gives you true joy. He's the only satisfaction you'll ever need. He's the only purpose you'll ever find. Tonight, don't leave this building without making that decision. Tonight, if you're in this room and you're not in this fight yet, maybe you're in this room and Jesus is not Lord over your life and you haven't been praying, you haven't been reading like we've been talking about, you haven't been fighting the good fight of faith, you you don't have a true purpose. You don't, you're not experiencing the true power that God has for you. But you're saying, Jacob, I, I want to make a decision to, to serve him again. Maybe you've never made that decision. And you want to ask for forgiveness. Because there's only one way to Jesus. Or there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to the Father. And that's through Jesus. So if you're in this room and you're saying, Jacob, I, I want to make that decision. If that's you and you want to accept Jesus in your life, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Just raise your hand if there's anyone at all in this room. If there's anyone at all that wants to accept Jesus in their life. Maybe you've been doing it on your own. Maybe you once accepted Jesus in your life, but you've been doing your own thing. Maybe you've been backslidden but coming to church. Maybe you've been living your own life without fighting this good fight. And if that's who you want to rededicate your life to Jesus and you want to make this decision 
to start fighting in the kingdom of God, I just want you to raise your hand if there's anyone at all. I see that hand. Anyone else that's willing to be bold and willing to make this decision? See, there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. You can't get in this fight without him. You will not be allowed into heaven if Jesus isn't Lord of your life. So I'm going to ask one last time, if there's anyone in this room that wants to accept Jesus in their life, I just want you to raise your hand. Why don't we all stand tonight? For that person that raised your hand, Isaac, why don't you come forward? I'm going to have Evangelist John, why don't you pray for him, John? Come on. Someone has given their life to the Lord again. Pray with him, John. It's the best decision we can make. You see, tonight we had several people, several of our pastors, and even people share about their experience of our conference. See, there's a reason why we're on this theme of finishing the fight. There's a reason why we're trying to get you to understand that this is a fight that we're facing. That in order to find true purpose, in order to find the true power that God has for you, you need to allow Jesus to use you. You see, tonight, if you want to make a decision and you're saying, Jacob, I'm going to fight this good fight of faith. Jacob, I'm going to fight for my family. Jacob, I'm going to fight for my salvation. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. If there's anything that maybe you have heard from tonight's message and maybe have spoke to you, I'm going to open up these altars. If you're saying, Jacob, I'm going to fight this good fight of faith. Come on. If there's any, come on. Is there anyone else that wants to fight this good fight of faith? I want to encourage you. The altars are open. Come on. The only way we're going to fight it is through Jesus. Come on. Some of you need to make a stand for your family. Some of you make, need to make a stand for your marriage. Some of you need to make a stand for your kids, for your coworkers, for your friends and your family. Come on. It's only through Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.